Good morning and welcome to Don't Waste a Good Recession. It's currently Friday, the 20th of March, 2020. I almost feel like saying it's 10 a.m. here in Australia, midnight in London, Thursday night in New York. Such is the speed with which this world is moving. My intention for creating this group is to provide practical and positive support for small and medium business owners uh, who are having to face that rapid change and uncertainty in the world. So we're jumping in here on Facebook for the live discussion. Thank you for those of us who are joining us live and for those of us who are watching the recording, please join the group or ask questions, whichever platform you've found us. I'm going to start not by introducing myself or talking about me because I want this to be about all of us. And I specifically want us to run context of calm and momentum. How can you as a business leader maintain calm, keep your head when all around are losing yours? And how can you ensure that your business maintains some form of momentum, however small it may be compared to what your ambitions were just a week, a month or a year ago? And as we'll talk about, some businesses, of course, are going to be roaring in these times. So to help start, I'd like to invite you, please, to close your eyes and join me on a short guided meditation to help keep that calm that we all need right now. I want you to close your eyes and focus on your breath. Don't feel that you have to push or control your breath. Just notice. Is it rushed? Is it slow? Are you breathing deeply? Are you breathing shallowly? And concentrate as you breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. And as you do so, I'd like you to notice how your body feels seated in the chair. Can you feel the chair against your back, against your legs? Can you feel the floor against your feet? And can you feel yourself sinking in and handing over all of your weight to the chair and the floor that support you? And as you feel that support, as you feel that weightlessness, imagine that instead of sitting in a chair weightless, you are floating. You're floating through outer space. No weight, no pressure, lots of directions. And as you look out into the vast abyss of space, you notice something on the horizon. And I want you to move towards that because as you do, as you move at your pace, you'll see that it's some kind of craft of spaceship. It has three levels and looks inviting and looks like it needs your support. Continuing to breathe, there's an entrance at the lowest of the three levels. 
And I want you to just slowly direct yourself into that entrance and find yourself moving into that spacecraft. What you'll see, hear, and look at that bottom level is a little bit of chaos. All of a sudden, there's machines pumping, smoke, noise, crying. A great change from the calm weightlessness of space. And as you look around, a man who looks frankly like a goanna or a lizard stuffed into a business shirt with a tie comes ambling over to you, waving his arms demonstrably at all of the chaos, and he says, oh, thank God you're here. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what's going on. Can you help? And as he asks that question, you notice the lift well, the elevator door behind him. So take the deliberate steps to the elevator door. And we're going to move up one level to see what's going on there, to see what we can help. And as the doors open on the second level, the middle level of this craft, we see a lot more people who seem to be doing something. They seem to be managing the situation. You're tempted to jump in. There's so much energy and doing going on in this room. You're so tempted to leap in and support. But I want you to stay back, continue to breathe and observe. And what you observe is that while there are all of these people doing, they're actually running around in circles. They're being active. They're not actually being that effective. And all of them are showing their emotions. So take another breath and have a look at the emotions that you see on all of the people that are running around on this level of the spacecraft. Are some of them glad? Are some of them? Sad? Are some of them scared? Are some of them mad? Don't buy into the emotions. You don't need to create a story for them. Just acknowledge that those are the feelings that are going on for these people. And as you do so, you'll see two more doors on the far side of the room. As you walk past the people and they move out of their way, one of the doors is marked calm and the other door is marked chaos. And it may seem like an obvious choice. I'd like you now to pause once more, one final time, and to really concentrate on your breath. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. And then on the final inhale, I want you to take the step into the door marked calm, the door that will take us to the highest level of the spacecraft where opportunity awaits. And as you step through that door, Close your eyes, uh, rather, finally, for the last time, open your eyes.
and come join us back here in this session. Here is a key point I want you to take away. Uh, uh, the intent of all of these sessions is to be positive, be practical, to support you with your agenda, with whatever your questions might be. Uh, and I am learning some of the technology along with the rest of us uh, around uh, how to be actually broadcasting uh, while having some of the questions, uh, I think I can see. I think I can see some of the questions that are, are going on and coming up. So, my agenda today is to talk about why I've created this group, why I'm the one in this group, uh, and to be there and supportive of you whatever it might be that you need out of this, any questions that you might have today. Uh, today is, as our first Facebook Live session, probably going to be a little bit longer than some of the regular ones that I intend to hold because we've really got, uh, it feels like a lifetime, but at least a few weeks worth of content that I wanna make sure that we're covering off and discussing. Uh, so I can see your comments now, uh, I think. Good morning, Sue Ann. Thank you to all of those who have joined and who are live. If at any point in this conversation you have a question or if right now you have a specific agenda item that you want to add that will help you right now, today, the 20th of March, uh, please leave a comment, leave a post. I'm based in Australia. Uh, I'm, to be honest, kind of stuck in Australia as someone who has travelled around the world and has clients around the world. Um, uh, so some of what I'll be sharing is going to be biased on what I'm experiencing here in Australia and what my clients in countries like the UK, the US, Hong Kong, South Africa are experiencing. If you could take a moment while I talk about the purpose of this group, let me know where are you in the world, maybe your city, maybe your country, uh, and wherever possible, in these conversations, I'll make sure that we tailor some of the specifics to some of the different situations that are going on uh, in different countries around the world. So, why this group? Why don't waste a good recession? And, and why me? Why am I the one who is hosting it? I was very keen to make sure that we created a positive and practical space for beyond the coronavirus. For understandable reasons, most businesses, most of us as individuals, as people in families, communities, are focused right now on the health crisis that's going on with the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Beyond that, however, we have responsibilities as business owners. We have responsibilities to our team, to our clients, to our suppliers, to our families and to ourselves to keep our businesses moving, sustainable and successful. And so I wanted to get ahead of the fear, get ahead of the conversation of what happens beyond coronavirus. How do our businesses continue to survive and thrive? And why me? Uh, a, a few little vignettes that have led me really to being the person to set up and create Don't Waste a Good Recession. Most of them involve hotels or holidays like the photo uh, thank you, Steve, for that comment, uh, the compliment. Uh, I um, 
do get to travel a lot for work as I flag. So the first vignette is 2007. It was the Swissotel Hotel in Sydney, Sydney, Australia. I was just finishing up uh, the 18-month training program I did to become a business coach, business advisor. Uh, and I was in the men's room and the Swissotel Hotel at the time uh, would put pages from financial news uh, up in the men's room for you to read while you were going about your business. And there was the page in front of me that showed uh, the ASX uh, or the All Ordinaries, the Australian stock markets, one of our indexes, uh, dropping uh, and moving downwards. And I remember thinking at the time, that hasn't happened in a while. Perhaps I need to dive back into my training, my, my time as a journalist to really understand what that means for the, the wider economy. And so that was late 2007. And as luck would have it, I was heading up the, the workshop marketing project for my business at the time. And so I was asked to join a global team of business advisors who were tasked with following what was happening economically and translating that into how small and medium businesses needed to respond. The second vignette that led us don't waste a good recession. Uh, it was September of 2008, different hotel this time. This was the Hotel Alba in Florence, Italy. I was on my honeymoon with my beautiful wife. And I remember coming back in to the hotel one day, we turned the television on, even though it was all in Italian. And something was going on. I remember calling my beautiful wife over and saying, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't look good. And, and that was the day that Lehman Brothers collapsed in the US, which for many was the trigger point when the global financial crisis, the Great Recession, turned into something real. It wasn't just something that was happening in the markets. It was something that was slowly coming for all of us. The third hotel is the Royal on the Park in Brisbane, Australia. These workshops that we were running, and we ran one at the beginning of March 2009. We didn't know at the time. We knew we were close to the bottom of the stock markets. We didn't know at the time that, that we were within a week of when they would bottom out. And again, my beautiful wife and I, had we had recently made the decision to postpone our move to London. For many years, we'd planned to start a career in Australia, move ourselves to London before we had kids. And because of what was happening economically, Colleagues of mine in, in the UK lost two-thirds of their clients in six weeks. It was happening very, very fast uh, to small, medium businesses at that point. We made the decision to postpone. Uh, and so I was running this workshop in Brisbane uh, with the, the leader of that global team, one of my mentors, a chap named Darren Sherlaw, uh, and he was talking about some of the economic and what we needed to do, and I was sharing our decision to not move. And I will remember what he said to me which is the name of this group and the focus for our conversation. He said, I understand, don't waste a good recession. In other words, every recession comes tinged with opportunity and we have the opportunity to make the most of it. And it took my beautiful wife and I 12 months to get the courage to really enact what he was saying. Uh, it became clear in 2010 that the UK was hurting, the US was hurting, Australia was going to ride through the GFC much more smoothly. Uh, and so I decided not to waste a good recession. I did what few business owners consciously do. I turned and ran my business 
into a recession, moved our family, uh, the two of us, to London uh, with no contracts, no jobs, not a lot lined up, and just knowing that there was opportunity. And the fourth vignette for why me and why this group is the photo that I've selected and I'm sharing with you there, which is what I call the Icelandic Six. Uh, This isn't a hotel. We were out uh, outside the outskirts of Reykjavik in Iceland, February of 2012. Uh, So the UK economy had just come through the second recession. I had built uh, a a thriving practice, business advisory practice myself in the UK, uh, such that we could start really enjoying the travel, which was a big reason for why we wanted to move over there in the first place. Here in Australia, we haven't had an official recession for 30 years. And parts of the GFC were absolutely uh, difficult, challenging, different sectors more so than others. But there is a difference. There is a very big difference when the government comes down and says we are in recession. There's a big difference to how people respond Uh, in terms of their spending, in terms of your team, and in terms of your emotional state, which is why we started this with a calming meditation to get you clear and get you calm. So because of my time working in the UK, in North America through the GFC, because of my time as an international coach since then, my my client in Hong Kong who had a recession last year, my client in South Africa who have been in recession for some time, I'm actually one of the youngest business advisors in Australia to have actually helped businesses to grow through an official recession. If not me, who? If not now, when? But enough about me. I'm going to go back and just reflect on that meditation and you, because you are, as this sign I picked up in Prague tells us, you're freaking awesome. The meditation may have have seemed obvious. I won't belabor the point. The spaceship that you went into represented your brain and the brain of your staff, of your clients. Our brain very simplistically has those three levels. It's got the reptilian complex at the base. That's where our fight, flight, freeze response comes from. And a lot of information enters our brain through that reptilian complex just as you entered the spaceship. And the lizard that's sitting down there that's driving all of us doesn't know how to respond. It knows it needs to. And in cases of absolute panic, when there's a tiger jumping out of the bushes to come at you, the the reptilian complex is the part of your brain that is going to save your life. It's just that the modern crisis is not a tiger jumping out at you today. It's a recession coming at you faster than you want, slower than you might expect. And so the reptilian brain is not what we need to support us. So we can move up to that middle layer, which is the limbic brain, the um, some people call the mammalian brain, which is the part that really experiences a lot of the feelings and emotions and takes them into account when making decisions. And as you would have seen with all of the people running around in circles, that part of our brain can help us, it can get us doing, it can get us active, but not necessarily being efficient, productive, and doing the right things. You need to acknowledge your feelings. You need to acknowledge the feelings of your team, mad, sad, glad, scared, whatever might be going on. You can't wallow in those, you can't let them drive you. Have those feelings. Be aware of those feelings, take those breaths, 
choose the door marked calm and step into the third layer, the highest layer, which is our neocortex, the neomammalian brain, which is where our consciousness, our ability to respond, not react, lives. And meditation is one of the ways. There's lots of different tools. We'll talk about some later at the end of what I've already flagged as a longer-than-usual conversation here. How to get into the calm neocortex so that you can respond with intent. Because some of the things that are being thrown at us are scary. I am absolutely not going to go through all of the data on this page. This is going to evolve into a regular, probably weekly video conversation where these are the key metrics that I am watching in the world, in the economy right now. These are the changes that I'm observing. Some of them are lead indicators. They're going to tell us what's going to happen next. Some of them are current indicators. They're going to tell us what's going on right now so that we can respond this week today. And some of these are lag indicators. They're going to maybe feel like bad news, but they're actually telling us about what happened in the past. Feel free, as I say, to shoot through questions at any point in time. The four indicators that I've got, coronavirus obviously driving things, COVID-19. What are the stock markets doing? Where are unemployment rates? And where is GDP growth? What are the official measurements? And that's a lag indicator, but something that is going to determine whether we have an official technical recession or not. Either way, it's going to hurt. I've got up there the UK, the US and Australia. They're the three countries I work most in. By all means, if you want to see your country included in these moving forward, do please just let me know. So another key tool that we'll be using in the next 12 to 24 plus months that we're not going to go into in a lot of detail today, but the economic clock. This isn't my tool, but this became my Bible during the global financial crisis, the Great Recession. Very, very simply, you can see at 12 o'clock is the boom, is the top of a market. At 6 o'clock is the bottom of the market when the recovery finally begins. Knowing what time it is, the economic clock gives you an idea of what's just happened, how the world, your clients, your team may be feeling right now, and what's coming up next so that you can prepare, you can respond, not react, and make decisions for what happens next. Even though this is a clock, the hours are not all of the same length. Sometimes we'll jump quickly between them, sometimes we'll move slowly. And in rare cases, which I'm not particularly expecting in this recession, but we had through the GFC, uh, the clock, the inner and outer circles get out of whack. The clock starts to bounce around a little bit. Let's simplify this for today. In future weeks, we're going to talk about how we're not going through a black swan event and why this recession is different. Um, but very, very simply, how do we simplify that economic clock? Going to break it into four phases down when the markets, the economy go down. Now, generally, the stock markets are a lead indicator of the economy. They normally give us about six months notice of what's going to happen. So when I was sitting there in the men's room of the Swiss Hotel in 2007, watching the stock markets decline, that preceded the actual decline in the economy, which kind of makes sense. People are buying, particularly investors, speculators, traders, 
buy shares today based on what they feel is going to happen in the future. If they feel that the future is going to be worse, they'll pay less, they'll lower their prices based on that projection of the future. One of the reasons this recession is different to certainly the last one is that the economy has shut down, in many cases, literally, so quickly that the stock market is still catching up and still has all of that forward uncertainty. That's why it's moving downwards so fast uh, and it's not giving us the warning that it has in previous times, although there are still some uh, forecasting we will be able to do. The second of these four phases is the drag. After the, the drop, after we go down, there's the drag period in the economy where people are waiting for the uptick. They're not quite sure when it's coming. They're not quite sure what to do, but it, there is still a process we need to go through. At the bottom, we finally get that release point, briefly bounce back up. Uh, and then from there, we start to ride the momentum like the little engine that could going up that hill slowly, 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 slowly at first until it does become the freight train going down a hill and gets all of that speed and momentum that gets us back to the next boom. Down, drag, release, up. Ever was it so, despite Gordon Brown's promise in 2007 that we had ended the cycle of boom and bust. The good thing about this right now is this too shall pass. The bad thing is I think we're fairly early. And I'm going to put the question out there to all of you who are watching live. What time do you think it is right now? I'll give you back some of these specifics that might help if uh, anybody's on the, the Facebook version of this, wants to jump in and, and give an indication. What time do you think it is in the clock? Is it is it midday? It's probably not midday. It's probably not the boom. It's Six o'clock, it is certainly not yet six o'clock at the recovery beginning. Uh, and there's a couple of sensing some hesitation, and, and I think there's some reasons for that. If we have a look at the outer ring, some of the economic fundamentals, one, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Well, two o'clock falling share prices. I think we can acknowledge that that has absolutely happened. Drop since peak, FTSE, Dow, all odds are all down by more than 30%. Falling commodity prices. Well, oil certainly uh, for specific reasons to do with an OPEC infight, uh, but that's dropped. So, you know, you could argue we've been through two o'clock, we've been through three o'clock. But if you have a look at one, we haven't had rising interest rates in a long time. And that's one of the ways that this recession is going to be different, going to be challenging. It, it's the last bullet that many governments have in their armory. And, and to be honest, they've already fired it and continue to fire it this week. Uh, 2 p.m. is is the best guess that we've got so far in the Facebook group. Uh, yeah, for me, I you know, I, I feel we're not even there yet. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like we're about half past one. Uh, we're in a slump. Share prices have started falling, but I think they've got a long way to go. And we haven't yet had those corporate failures uh, you know, the airlines are a frontline thing that are panicking. Certainly many small and medium businesses in hospitality and leisure uh, are failing or are struggling. Uh, but I think there is a lot worse to come. Uh, so if I had to pick something, I'd hedge my bets and say we're, we're probably about half past one, which means we're still in that down phase and there is probably more down to come. What does that matter? How can you respond as a small to medium business owner. Well, let's flip that language. Four phases. Your response, your focus, 
in each of these four phases shifts. Right now, we are in the respond phase. We respond to what is going on in our market, our team, our business. Uh, we plan uh, for the, the wider changes as we start to come up for air. Once we get through the immediate response, we need to. We get the planning ready for the release point. When the release point comes, uh, we will execute and then we will profit. And that's why I say this is going to be a regular uh, potentially a weekly update conversation that we're going to be having, not normally this long, um, going through because there's a lot of this cycle left to go for all of us. So make sure you are a member of Don't Waste a Good Recession, you tell your friends. So right now, uh, whether we're 1.30, 2 p.m., we are absolutely definitely in the respond phase. And so the rest of this uh, conversation this morning is going to be dedicated to, okay, well, how do we respond? How do we actually respond? And I'm going to start with uh, the bleakest possible response, the question that many business owners are having to ask themselves right now, and I'm going to ask it of you. Will your business actually survive? It's a discussion forum I was in this morning and someone said, you know, small business, I'm self-employed. Uh, you know, I was already behind on payments to the, the tax office, my landlord, uh, you know, when's the stimulus coming? How am I going to survive? And to be honest, I didn't want to reply. I didn't want to be a, 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 a Debbie Downer. Uh, if you were already behind on your tax payments when coronavirus and the recession of 2020 hit, you are probably not going to survive in business. Fundamental emotional point, uh, and I'd, I'd like to shout out to Anna Wickham, who is a, a, a former coach in Oklahoma uh, that I, I think is just fantastic. Um, businesses fail, businesses fail all the time. People don't fail. Your business may fail. That does not mean you are a failure. Uh, so there is no shame, and in fact, it takes some courage if you are in a situation to acknowledge that this is the end of the road for your business. And there are things you can do. Fighting it out to the bitter end, bleeding the last of your cash is not the courageous thing to do if the end is nigh for your business. There are things that you can be doing right now to protect your personal assets. You may lose your business. You do not have to lose the family home. Uh, those are conversations you need to be having sooner rather than later. Uh, and you would be much better placed having a conversation with your team, your clients, or your suppliers about an orderly wind-up to your business over the coming week or months than pretending it's business as usual, hiding what's going on. There are some links. There's a download pack that I'll share at the end of this and in the group. There's some people who can help you with that, and I'm happy to make a referral in private if you want to have that conversation. If you're not quite sure, if you feel you can respond or you want to just double-check, here are five things we're going to go through in, in this call, in this slide deck. And again, these slides will be made available to you uh, at the end, so you can go through them. Uh, I hope that, that they are of help. Some of these are now like two weeks old. This is the first of these sessions that we've done. And so there are things here that many businesses were probably doing two or three weeks ago. That's why this is a longer session because we've got a little bit of catch up to do. Uh, but the five things that I want you to think about doing this week, 
Make sure you have an official coronavirus policy in your business if you don't already. Make sure you have a work from home plan in your business if you don't already. The team communication strategy that expands to client suppliers, etc. A cash flow forecast and your self-care plan. We have detail on how to get through each of those. Uh, again, feel free to, to keep coming through with questions and, uh, and Sue Ann, keep... Keep coming through with wine. It's the, the hardest part about this situation is that you can be drinking wine watching this and I can't. Coronavirus policy. Uh, the team at Irwin Mitchell, who are a UK law firm, that part of my wider network, have actually crafted one that is uh, pretty fantastic. I put out in the Facebook group, Don't Waste a Good Recession, uh, yesterday. If anybody wants a copy, please let me know that will be part of the download pack, which is linked um, for those watching later, linked below. It's uh, it's going to be linked at the end of, of this live session. Um, useful template. It does have some UK specific things that you may need to personalise to the, the laws of the healthcare in your jurisdiction. But here are the key decisions from that policy and from others that I've been working on with clients over the last few weeks. The key decisions you as a business owner need to make about you and about your team. Um, what are you going to do with at-risk groups? If you've got older team members, if you've got team members with asthma who are overweight, have recently been on holidays, are you going to treat them differently at the moment? What's the policy if anybody in the business wakes up or during the workday comes into, uh, has some, has some COVID-19 symptoms, you know, the dry cough, the fever, some of these kind of things? What's the process for, for them self-isolating? Do you want them to exert additional caution? Do you need a doctor's certificate? Are you going to get a doctor's certificate? These kind of things. If someone is diagnosed with COVID-19, one of my clients, thankfully, has just been released from hospital. Her family's been in quarantine for a couple of weeks. She was young and healthy, doesn't know where she picked it up. Thankfully, doing fine. Um, the, the business impacts, as you can imagine, um, well, I mean, frankly, take a second step to the health impacts, but, but they're not to be ignored. So what happens if one of your team members is diagnosed? Um, what happens if they're asked to go into self-isolation without a diagnosis? Now, if their partner is exposed, uh, if uh, you know somebody that they're caring for is in an at-risk group and, and they isolate, uh, what's your policy around that? Uh, and a lot of this links to those leave entitlements. If people have sick leave, if they have annual leave, carers leave, whatever it's called in your jurisdiction, then, okay, um, you know, are, are you going to force them to take it? Can they take sick leave if they're not sick, if they're just self-isolating, if they're, um, you know, in an at-risk group, can they take sick leave? Are you expecting them to work from home? If and when sick leave runs out, are you going to continue to offer them paid sick leave over and above their entitlements? Is that going to need to be their holiday or annual leave? Are they going to need to go on unpaid leave? And only you can answer these questions with the commercial reality of your business in mind. Some businesses, while we would love to continue to pay our staff to look after themselves while they're sick or while they're caring for others, we simply cannot afford it. And there's no point keeping your staff paid this month if it puts your business at risk and therefore risks none of them getting paid next month or the month after. Uh, are there any exceptions? What discretion do you have, do managers in your business have around the policy? Uh, and over on the other side, some other specifics. Business travel. Uh, I was supposed to be on a plane in a couple of weeks uh, to a conference in the UK. 
again, colleagues of mine, Japan, New York, and, and most of us seem to have been fortunate that we um, haven't been on the road. I do know some people who are still trying to get home at this time. Um, what's the policy on business travel? And that includes client-facing work. And if you're a tradie business, uh, you know, you're, you're still sending the team out on site. Are you asking for the homes to be vacant? What's your policy around managing that? Uh, and again, that's something that you've got to make some hard decisions on. Get them in writing, get them communicated to the team. Cancelled holidays is an interesting one. One of my clients was a bit frustrated because two of the team were on holidays at the same time next month. Um, one of them has just had the overseas holiday cancelled and so is now available to work. That's great for that client. He, he needs people right now. But from other businesses, you want the team using some of that holiday leave. If things have gone really quiet, just because their holiday got cancelled doesn't mean you want them coming back into work. You want them spending their, their holiday or annual leave. What's your policy on that? What's the process if schools close? Some clients are doing work from home. Some clients I know, uh, because they've only got a few school-age kids in the, the business, are setting up creches within the office environment so that people can still come to work, bring the kids. What's your price? If workplaces close, either because that's mandated or because you decide that's what you need to do, what are the options? Uh, are there work from home options? Uh, and obviously, if work stops, if you know you're, yeah, if you run a cinema right now, uh, work is stopping. If you run a restaurant as of next week in some parts of the world, it's already happened. Work has absolutely stopped. There's no work from home for a, for a waiter. Uh, there's no work from home for a lot of trade businesses, physiotherapists, all of these kind of things. Um, so if your work is forced to shut down, what are the potential consequences? And we're going to talk about how to map through some of those scenarios if you're not sure. Again, the template is there to help. Um, that includes some general good information on COVID-19 to help people um, feel calm um, get your policy documented, get it shared with the team. And one thing I'm doing with all of my clients is getting it dated. This is the policy as at Friday, the 20th of March, 2020. This could change uh, because frankly, as we know, the world is changing very, very rapidly. Once you've got your coronavirus policy in place, we need to, uh, for a lot of businesses, start going, okay, what is the work from home plan? Uh, again, many of you would have done this last week, the week before. My uh, uh, regional UK client leadership team meeting on Monday was let's prepare work from home plan this week and start next week. By 4pm Monday, they were sending everybody home to start working from home the next day. Things are moving fast. Um, you need to be prepared so that even if you haven't had to enact this, you're ready to do it. Couple of steps, categorize your team. That's the matrix over on the right. Who can work from home? Which roles can't work from home? Are you gonna operate on a skeleton staff for those who can't work from home or are they gonna to have to take annual leave, unpaid leave? Um, you know, what, what are your choices? And which staff are mission critical and which are not? If you've gotta start cutting back hours or potentially even laying off staff, which are the ones that unfortunately, would have to go first. Uh, my experience through the global financial crisis was that the first step for most uh, professional services, B2B businesses, was to look for everyone to take some kind of haircut. So everybody is now on 80% or 60%. 
rather than having to lay off 20, 40% of the staff, everybody takes a pay cut. And I know some business owners have already made the conscious decision to stop paying themselves to, to make sure there's cash for payroll. Um, uh, that may be the nice thing to do. The reality is, depending on your industry and how critical it is at this time, uh, it may be that some staff are going to need to, to maintain full-time work uh, while others are going to need to be cut back deeper. Um, there's a useful matrix for helping you to identify which roles which individuals sit there. Uh, IT companies, I mean, I'd love to have shares in Zoom uh, right now. Um, uh, a lot of IT companies are getting these questions. Uh, uh, so the things you've got to ask, I mean, what is actually possible with working from home? Some businesses are still sitting with everything on a, on a, a server in an office that isn't accessible remotely. Uh, if people can work from home, what are the risks? What are the security risks? Have you taken those into account? Um, little things like whose equipment? Uh, a lot of offices that don't have a work from home plan, they don't have everybody sitting on laptops that can be picked up and taken home. Uh, are you expecting the team to use their own equipment? If that's the case, what are you doing to make sure that that's secure, that that hasn't been infected, that that's up to date, that that's a good enough quality? How are you making all of those decisions? You don't have to be having these plans in isolation. Have this conversation with your leadership group, with the steering committee, your board members, or with your team, with your whole business. Be open about these questions uh, as opposed to, to being silent and, and creating fear as a result. If you work from home, what impact is that going to have on other parts of your business, inventory, suppliers, deliveries? Uh, maybe you're a, a you know, self-employed consultant, knowledge worker like myself. Uh, you know, it's mostly Amazon books that are now going to get delayed. Uh, that's kind of the, the impact on the, the deliveries. Uh, but if you're a, a company that sells stock, if you're a company that, uh, you know, processes, um, I know a lot of trades have got sheds set up with uh, equipment, those kind of things. Uh, you know, what's going to happen with inventory? Who's going to manage that? Um, uh, and how are suppliers going to fare with your business overall? What impact does working from home have on clients? Thankfully, many are, are understanding uh, of the technology that exists and the fact that we're now doing meetings remotely. Um, there are some benefits to that. There are some downsides. I don't buy into the belief that we're all suddenly going to, to be happy living with online meetings for the rest of our lives. Um, communication plan, um, how do you communicate work from home with your team, with your suppliers, with your clients? And if you haven't had to enact it yet, what's the trigger point? What is the point at which you tell the team to work from home? Is it when somebody in your business contracts coronavirus? Is it when somebody shows the symptoms? Is it waiting for the government to tell you? Um, having a clear trigger that you communicate to the team lets them know that you're in control, that you are taking this seriously and that you have a plan, you're just not enacting the plan. A lot of business owners I know when in, in difficult times they have a trigger in their head for saying, I'm going to have to lay off staff. We're going to have to change something at a certain point. They don't share that. The team go, why are you not doing anything? Why are you not doing enough? Having that trigger point saying, this is the point at which we will enact the work from home policy lets the team know that you're calm and in control. Uh, thank you again to all of those who are still, still with us live. Uh, and again, feel free to ask questions, even those watching this on replay. 
Okay, elements of your team communication strategy. Um, this is a little more self-explanatory. I'm not going to go through this in as much detail. Things you need to communicate. The coronavirus policy that we just wrote, the work from home policy that we just wrote, um, you know, the impact you're expecting on workflow, cash flow, if any. Um, don't be scared about sharing some of the financials with your team. Again, the saying is no news is good news and never is that more crap than at times like this when no news just creates fear. You say to your business, we're going to run out of money in two months or if we if we had to shut down the business right now, um, you know, it costs us $40,000 a week to run the business. We shut it down tomorrow. We may be able to save 15000 still going to cost us $25,000 a month to run this business, even if we're not doing any business at all. But we have $100,000 in cash sitting there, which means that we have four months buffer. So in a worst case scenario, we've got at least four months. We don't expect it to be complete shutdown. We continue working. That's going to give us even longer runway. We feel comfortable getting through it. Now, some people are going to take that as quite scary information. Uh, you may not have news that's as good as we have a four-month runway, but if you're not sharing anything, your team are going to make assumptions. They're going to make assumptions that that nice house, the nice car that you've got, whatever it might be, uh, is where all the business money is gone and that they should start looking for a job now. Communicate feelings. We talked about in the meditation at the beginning, acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge and validate the feelings of others, your team, your clients. Don't act through your feelings. You don't have to buy into those emotions. Just don't suppress them or deny them. Uh, depends on your workplace culture, the team that you have. Uh, again, I've worked with some organisations that, you know, they are having team conversations where the agenda is let's just have a chat about how we're all feeling. You know, we'll have another meeting later or have other conversations. So we've got people who are functionally responsible for doing the stuff, you know, who are jumping into the neocortex to, to make the, the rational decisions that need to be made. But for now, let's just feel into our feelings and, and acknowledge and share them. And, and that is a healthy thing to do. Uh, and then the last point, no news is still news. Even if nothing has changed in the business this week, telling the team that is better than silence. Make some decisions about how. Um, email, group chat. Zoom, phone, in person, you know, my advice, I'm getting to a few people who've just jumped on, my advice to uh, everyone right now with your team, with your clients, with sales prospects, business development, be direct, pick up the phone uh, or if, you know, medically possible in person, um, don't start pushing some of these conversations onto email, onto team chat. Yes, there are some things like your coronavirus policy that you will want to share in writing, um, but we can very easily end up in an actual isolated world, not just physically, as many of us are being told to do, uh, but emotionally and in terms of the connections of our team. Uh, if we're just trading emails all day, we're going to lose some of those connections that make our business and our culture valuable. Pick up the phone, uh, even if it's not your preference. I, I hate the phone. I'm sitting here making more phone calls than I have in months because that's what people need right now. And for the love of God, stop sending emails with coronavirus in the title. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting six to eight a day, and I love you all. A lot of you who are watching this or are members of the group. I'm on your mailing list. I read your emails to support you, to share where I can. Um, that ship has sailed. Um, find a new angle. Uh, uh, and often the new angle is picking up the phone, having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm doing a lot of talking. Uh, thankfully, I love the sound of my own voice. Um, the rest of my family sitting here in the, you know, surrounding my home office are, are perhaps sick of it. We are on point four of five, I promise, uh, in this longer than usual first webinar. Cash is king. It's been said before, you've probably all heard it from your accountant, your business advisor, your CFO, uh, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king. Never is that more true than right now. The businesses that have cash right now are in a position to uh, survive. They're in a position to thrive. They're in a position to invest, to make the most of opportunities. The businesses, however profitable, however large, that don't have a good cash buffer are the ones that are going to struggle first. Sit down with your CFO, with your accountant. If you don't have a good accountant, if you don't have a good CFO, I can recommend some to you, depending on your industry, your geography, who can help you do this, even as just a one-off piece of work, um, because this is, is going to be critical. Here are, uh, there's a lot here. I'm going to touch on every single one of them very briefly. Um, I'm not an accountant. I used to be the partner of an accounting firm. I'm not an accountant. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, some of the, the phrasing here um, may be as accurate to a cash flow as my economics is accurate to economics, as my meditation was accurate to a psychologist. This is mum and dad stuff to help you and your business in a practical way. Three elements for your cash flow. What's going to happen with revenue? What's going to happen with expenses? And what are some of the other things you need to do? Um, revenue, client retention plan. Whip, work in progress, get your team doing stuff, get them billing. In a downturn, your team will start to go slow. They want to show that they're busy so that you keep them employed. It's not necessarily a conscious thing. They're not doing it to screw you. It's a natural fear response from their reptilian brain that if, if I just go slowly, if I build up whip, if I don't get the jobs done, then you've got to keep me around. You've got to cut that stuff off at the pass. It'll make you cry um, seeing the whip building get it um, crushed, get it faster. And faster uh, work getting done, faster invoices getting out means faster getting paid right now, which is critical. Governments around the world are starting to throw money. They're throwing money at consumers. They're throwing money at businesses. Um, again, I'm seeing accountants, CFOs, bookkeepers. Um, they're the ones who are really leading the conversation around. They're doing the research to know what you can apply and how to do it. Talk to your accountant, talk to your CFO. Um, keep business development activity happening, whatever that might be, marketing, sales, nurturing, um, don't stop that. Yes, uh, most people are going to be focused elsewhere, but it's the businesses that stop that activity that are going to start hurting in three or six months time when the sales cycle would normally lead into new client cycle uh, and they're going to have a gap. Look at your pricing. Looking at your pricing, do you need to put prices down? Um, do you need to package, which is the next one? Do you need to start bundling things together? So, you know, three for the price of two kind of solutions. Do you need to unbundle? If, you know, I mentioned, you know, some of the CFOs that I work with, for example, that can do a, a cash flow forecast, you know, they are long-term relationship builders that come into a business to, to help you for the long term. They're unbundling some of those conversations because right now you don't want a long-term commitment. You want a short-term conversation. So they're unbundling their packaging in order to have something that's relevant to the market right now. Um, you don't have to drop your prices. Do not become a charity at this time. Um, keep the conversation going. And this may also be an opportunity to introduce new products. 
which, and I'll share my business plan for Don't Waste a Good Recession in the coming weeks. I'll be fully transparent about that. Um, the example I shared on LinkedIn and Facebook this week was a uh, Pilates class uh, just down the road from me here in Brisbane, Australia. Um, they have now launched, they, they've had the first week of online classes. That may have been something that they wanted to do for ages. It may have been an immediate response. Um, either way, that's something that they, they weren't offering 10 days ago. Uh, and they've now got people paying them to take the class from the comfort of their own homes. They've got something that's scalable in terms of geography, in terms of numbers. Uh, and that could actually be, you know, it could be six or 12 months time that that product is the one that's bringing the most money into the business. So don't let opportunities stop um, just because uh, so much of the world has um, uh, expenses. Uh, and, you know, here, particularly if the revenue is getting turned off, uh, hospitality, leisure, hotel companies uh, who are really at the front line of what's going on here. What expenses can you cancel? Which ones can you defer? Talk to your suppliers, talk to your creditors, have these conversations. They're not idiots. They know what's going on. Um, for some in the past, it's a shitty thing to do. Um, if you have to do it, though, to keep your doors open, you know, um, can you pay them 80 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar so that they get paid now? The importance of cash to them now may be more important than, than profit in the future if you can't afford it. But keep those conversations going. Again, no news is scary. Conversations, even if it's just here's where we're at, we're delaying things, we're reviewing things, is helpful. A lot of tax offices, HMRC, the ATO, the IRS, um, are, are basically coming out and saying, use us as a bank, um, pay our obligations later or last, you know, keep people employed, keep your suppliers, um, you know, invoices going. Um, so that may be a way to, to manage your cash flow. You've got to look at if you have suppliers in a supply chain uh, and even your staff, to be honest, how stable is that? Uh, it, it feels like a lifetime ago. It was only about a month when I was, um, you know, talking to people about China's shutting down. That's going to have an impact on, you know, things aren't getting manufactured. They're not getting put on boats. We're going to see in a month to three months um, shortages of uh, gear and, and equipment. And I've heard horror stories. They're all, you know, stories. Um, so I won't share any now to, to risk fear mongering. But, you know, large projects that are, are on hold because the supply chain broke down and they couldn't get the screws to, to, to put things together. Um, so you might be healthy or you might be stable enough, but some of those suppliers, supply chain, the team that you've got coming in, um, how stable are they uh, at continuing to provide whatever it is that you need? Uh, look for potential cost savings uh, and um, frankly, ask yourself if you can cut your own pay first. Um, even if it's only a short-term measure, even if it's only part of your salary, and I know a lot of small business owners here aren't even paying themselves, pay themselves out of profit. It's not even an option. But um, for team, for clients, hey, we're all going to have to to take a pay cut. That hurts. If that comes two weeks after you communicated that you're all still getting paid fully at this time, I'm not paying myself, or I'm paying myself less. Uh, you know, it shows that you're leading from the front and, and teams will value that, will remember that in hard times. A few other things. Um, uh, we've got some videos that we'll share in the Facebook group uh, on some of these items, um, and particularly your break-even point. Do you actually know your break-even point? How much money do you need to bring in the door to cover your fixed costs each month? 
uh, is a simple formula. Uh, I'll share that video uh, later today. Uh, how much cash have you got in the bank? Are you monitoring that? Are you managing that? Uh, where are your debtors at? Get onto that fast. Get them managed. Who are the at-risk debtors? Smaller bills more often if that's what's required um, to keep the debtors under control because that's work you've done. That's cash that's sitting on the balance sheet. Uh, if you don't understand your balance sheet, talk to your accountant, your CFO, your finance manager, your bookkeeper. Have them explain it to you. When we get asked, when I get asked, where's all the cash gone? I made profit, but I don't have any cash. I've got to pay the tax office. As a result, what's going on? It's almost always because the business owner doesn't understand how the balance sheet works and how much cash is hidden on the balance sheet. Get clear on your balance sheet. You may be able to free up some cash. Talk to your bank. Look at funding, funding options. Um, I'm seeing prepayments in a lot of hospitality businesses. I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, my local cafe is, is intending to, to stay open. He's in a position where he can do that uh, at this point. That um, absolutely, if he turned around and said, we, we've got to shut, but are you interested in prepaying for some coffees? Um, you know, that's cash he can take today. It's not income from an accounting perspective. And sometimes you get into a, a bun fight around that, but, but cash is king. Um, so that's cash today. Um, so it may be pre-orders, pre-booking, support, whatever it might be. Um, uh, and then link, obviously, to, to things like new products, other products. Uh, review your insurances. Uh, you may get lucky if you haven't done that already. Um, you may discover you have some form of business continuity insurance or something that, that covers you and can provide some funding at this point in time. There's a lot of specific elements there. I hope some of those you've kind of gone, oh, I can think about that or that, that could help. Um, if you want to do... The detailed thing. Uh, I know a lot of us right now are having conversations with the ceiling God. That's when you're lying awake at 3 a.m. in the morning, staring at the ceiling, going, oh, God, what am I going to do? Um, the ceiling God likes spreadsheets almost as much as I do. Um, here's, uh, you know, you don't need to do all four of these versions. It may be that uh, you see some of these as unnecessarily optimistic or pessimistic, but, um, you know, at the, the far left, what happens if your team and you are diagnosed with coronavirus? You're all or mostly suddenly sick with an illness. Uh, hopefully, you're all healthy enough to, to uh, survive it. Um, uh, but clients aren't going to want to see you, challenges. You're going to have a freak out, as you might be hearing in the background. Um, uh, what impact is that going to have on revenue? What impact is that going to have on expenses, profit, cash, choices? I mean, some expenses will go down. If you don't have to turn the lights on, uh, you know, your electricity bill is going to go down probably not going to save you all that much compared to not having any revenue. Um, what choices do you need to make and when in that scenario? An interesting one, I, I had a chat with a, a business uh, last week about one of their contingency plans. They haven't pulled the trigger yet, but they're thinking about it, um, is finding competitors who they trust, who they think do a, a, a good job uh, and, and essentially having almost a, a job share pact. Like if my business has to shut down, but you're still going, we're all probably going to have spare capacity. Can I send my jobs to you? you know, as a hotel, if my hotel shuts down, can I send my guests to you? Airlines are having to do it, send my passengers onto your plane. Uh, they were a trade. It was like, well, if my bricklayers can't come out, can your guys go and, and do the jobs? And we'll take a, a cut of the ticket and vice versa. If it happens to you, um, uh, then we'll, we'll look after your clients, keep them happy. So there are, there are, just because the business stops doesn't mean your revenue has to. If there's a major downturn, okay, so the business keeps chugging along, but let's say for the next six months, uh, the economy or your, your uh, 
business declines by 50%. Use a real figure for you. Maybe that is, uh, maybe your business might drop by a lot more than that. Maybe that would that would not be, you know, even within the realm of possibility, it's too big. But what's a major downturn look like? Uh, what's the flow on effect to your expenses, to your profit, to your cash flow? What choices have you got to make and when? Uh, if this is a mild downturn, I don't think it is. In some businesses, it absolutely could be. You might be, um, you know, immune, pardon the pun, to, uh, you know, this specific recession. Uh, you might only catch a mild case. Uh, but if, if uh, so if we're, you know, down by less than 20% or for less than six months, again, pick the figures that feel right for you, flow that on, uh, and then flip the script. Now, some businesses will pick on insolvency lawyers. I've already mentioned Zoom, uh, who are doing remote conferencing. Um, uh, you know, they're counter-cyclical at this point in time. They're, they're going up. They're hiring staff. Amazon is hiring 100,000 new staff. Uber is in the toilet, but Uber Eats is going to be going up. Um, so flip the script. What if you were able to come up with a new product or what if this market supported you and you were actually going to increase your revenue by 20% on an ongoing basis? Okay, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 50%. What impact will that have on revenue expenses? What does that mean you've got to do? Choices, uh, recruitment, all of these kind of things. Um, you don't have to do all four. I know uh, if you're in leisure, hospitality, flipping the script, uh, maybe way too uh, optimistic. Um, but having that scenario planning, uh, it, you're not going to get it perfect. You're not going to get it right. The value is not so much in the plan. It's in the planning. It's in building your strategic capability so that you can respond. And it's in having something you can share with your leadership team so that they know you're in control, decisions are being made. Oh, a bit of a check-in. We have one more thing to go. Uh, we have been going for some time. Thank you all for those who are sticking in or have been watching this. Um, are there any final questions, thoughts, anything that anyone wants to share? Please drop me a note uh, on the, the Facebook Live. Uh, we will uh, endeavour to answer those as we go in. Maybe it's one more time to take that deep breath and breathe out. Uh, as we uh, get towards the end of this, the first and longest of, of many, I hope. Self-care. You are a leader in your business. You're a leader in your community. You're a, a, a leader in your family. When I get on a plane, which I will not have a chance to do for some time now, sadly, uh, but the advice, and, and I did 19 countries last year with our, our calm and happy baby, a few extra on my own, um, the advice they give you is you've got to apply your own oxygen mask before helping others. If you are not looking after yourself, you are not going to be well-placed to support your team, your clients to make it through this. So feel good about doing what you need for you. And there's a couple of these that have been prepared by a, another business coach. I know um, some of those may feel relevant. Some of those may seem nonsensical to you, that's cool. It's just what are the things that you can do to nourish yourself? As I've seen uh, a lot of social media, um, working from home doesn't mean you have to stay in the house. You can get out to the park. If you can get out to a beach someplace close to nature, if you can take your shoes off, walk around in the backyard even, breathe in some fresh air. It's fresher than it's been in a long time, um, global warming and so on. Just some things to, to get out of the rut. If this is your first time, your team's first time working from home, it can be quite a shock. 
Uh, I've been doing it. I, I was described in 2013 by an accounting firm as the ultimate remote worker. Uh, so I've been doing this in hotels, homes, studios and offices around the world for years. I'm kind of comfortable with it. Uh, for some people, this is a big shock working from home, the boundaries they've got to start finding and how to look after themselves. Um, do what it takes, encourage your team to do the same. And again, just as we talked about having some of those conversations with teams, so you have meetings or maybe on a Slack group or a Microsoft Teams conversation or something about how you're feeling, um, what are some of your self-care plans? Hey, what are some things that people are doing to look after themselves at this time? Over and above, you know, vitamin C and, and, and self-isolation. Keep your soul nourished and you are in a better place to take opportunities. And that ultimately is the theme of this group. Don't waste a good recession. It's not about the down phase that we're in. It's not about the urgent response that people need to be doing right now. It's about the whole of the economic clock, the whole of the economic cycle, and the opportunities that that creates. Because we will get through this as a country, as a community, as a, as, as a world. Economically, we will recover. Future sessions here on Don't Waste a Good Recession will talk about how that could look and, and how to prepare for it. Uh, but I am confident, I know this to be true, that what goes down will go up again in the future. And we have an opportunity to make the most of how the world is changing to benefit our businesses, our communities, so that when it does, when we get to that release point and when we go back up economically, uh, we are in a better position. More market share is created in a downturn than at any other point of an economic cycle. There is a litany of businesses that started in a recession and it was starting in a recession that gave them the grounding and the foundation to survive and thrive without getting fat and lazy in the good times. And there are plenty of businesses that pivoted, that changed, that released new products or different ways of doing what they do because of what an economic downturn forced upon them. So my final question for you is not what do you need to do, what the F is happening in the world right now. Final question to you in a space of calm and momentum, checking in with your breath, stepping through that door. What if this is the best opportunity of your business life? What would you do? What would that mean? Maybe you want to share Maybe you have some final questions, final thoughts. Feel free to put them in the chat now. Uh, very briefly, some uh, final actions that you can do. Uh, if you're not already, um, you know, join the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash good recession uh, and tell your friends, sharing is caring. Um, share the, the webinar, the links, the conversations. The Facebook group will be open and visible until we get to about 500 members. Um, then just to keep the conversation real, we'll probably make it um, private, but it will still be open to new members uh, forever. The, the Facebook group is going to be free and open for anyone that wants to join uh, at all times. So keep, uh, keep coming, keep sharing, keep bringing other people into the conversation. Um, uh, I've set up in that Facebook group a group doc. This is something I've not done before where you can share some of your key learnings and takeaways. What did you take out of this conversation today? Put a few bullet points in that document. 
Uh, it's part of the, uh, the group. You should be able to find it. I posted it uh, early this morning. Um, uh, that's great for people who don't want to sit through my voice for this length of time, uh, for people who prefer to have a read. Uh, it's great for me to see what you're hearing and taking away from this as well. So if you do have a few actions or a few things that you jotted down, please put them in that group doc and share them with everyone else. Um, support documents. This slide deck, the coronavirus policy, um, some info on cash flow, um, some uh, the self-care plan document that I shared from, from business coach Millie Aldridge. Um, these are all available at that address, uh, jacobaldridge.com forward slash goods hyphen recession hyphen 2020-03-20. I'm dating all of these because the world is moving so fast. This is what you need to do this week. What you need to do next week may change. If you're not on my mailing list, there's a link for that as well. It's not yet. Don't waste a good recession specific, but soon will be. Uh, to keep you informed, and I will be back. I'll be in this group um, every day, and I'll be back uh, at some point next week with the next webinar, the next conversation uh, about what we need to do next week because the world may well have changed. Thank you, everybody, for joining in, for contributing, answering questions, having conversations, and above all, for choosing opportunity, for choosing the calm door over the chaos door. It takes a village to raise child it takes a community to get through a recession and i'm so glad to be part of this community thank you all and talk soon